are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. All right, welcome to a new edition of the episode edition. Well, we're always the new edition every episode because we're weird. But uh, Freeform Rock Podcast, what's up, Lee? Um, nothing much except the ceiling, but otherwise I'm, I'm not as high as a kite. Now I got new edition, cool it now on my head. Fuck. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. We got a guest today, Lee. Who do we have? We have Brian Davis. How are you doing, Brian? Hey, Lee. Hey, Mark. Uh, yeah, I thought we were going to do the Bobby Brown album, but no, we're not doing new edition. So no, oh. next, next week. Next week. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> exactly. And then we could do some, uh, what's that band? Uh, the Humpty Hump. <laughs> Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually like my, that song. My nephew, my nephew would like <laughs> would like that doing that kind of podcast. The <laughs> Humpty Hump podcast. <laughs> what Digital Underground? Yeah, that's what Digital Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I thought they were pretty cool. <laughs> they were funny. Yeah, I liked I liked when the song was over and then I didn't go home with the CD. Hey, Tupac <laughs> was in that band for a little bit. <laughs> mm. You ever, yeah. you ever seen the movie Nothing But Trouble, Lee? Um, no. Digital Underground was in that movie. That's right. <laughs> oh, Dan well, right? Yep. Maybe that's Dan, why I didn't Dan see Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase and Demi Moore. It was yep. kind of a weird movie, but it... it, it oh, aged, I think I saw it's it. It's like a cult movie now. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember seeing it in the movies. I go, what's this fucking shit? And now I like it. <laughs> it grew <Yeah>. on me. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, it's a pretty good. So we're uh, gonna do uh, blah blah. We're gonna do what's the world world word? I, I want to say world for some reason. What's the word by the fabulous Thunderbirds? And uh, Brian, you picked this record. I did. Hey. Yeah, because uh, well, one, I love the blues, and uh, you know that's that's what really got me into music when I was a kid. My dad was was way into the blues, and so uh, one of the bands that he was really interested in. Uh, was the Fabulous Thunderbirds. And, you know, a lot of people only know them from their more popular stuff from the mid-'80s. Yeah. Starting with, like, Tough Enough and, and Powerful Stuff, which was actually on the, the cocktail soundtrack with Tom Cruise. But I was into them, my dad was into them way before that. And so, like, the early stuff from Chrysalis, and that's what we're going to cover uh, today. And so just that, that really kind of dirty barroom blues, and, and they're out of Texas, and I just love everything about them. And, and you know, most people know Stevie Ray Vaughan, but they forget about his older brother, Jimmy. And Jimmy was a huge influence on Texas blues and uh, and a huge influence on Stevie. And he was way more popular than Stevie Ray Vaughan to begin with. And then, of course, Stevie Ray uh, you know, took over. And, uh, yeah, and then you have Kim Wilson in this band who really doesn't get enough credit for his amazing blues harp uh, playing. And we'll, we'll definitely talk about that on, on this album. But really, really uh, a good band that, that should be... Uh, checked out if you're into you know kind of old school blues and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I never heard the older stuff. Like you said, I knew the '80s stuff, mm -hmm. <laughs> the later '80s stuff, with uh, tough enough and powerful stuff. Yeah, I, I like that stuff, but I never really bought an album or a tape by them. I don't know why. I just didn't. I was like more into the metal glam crap sure. at that time, and I'm still into that metal glam crap right now. But I love mm. Stevie Ray Vaughan. I love the the blues. I love Zeppelin. I love stuff that has a, a dirty edge to it, like old Errol Smith and stuff. So I don't know why I didn't listen to more of this band. 
Uh, I guess I, 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 I had to find my own shit, and if it wasn't on MTV, I didn't know what it was back then. Unless, sure. Oh, no, I, I yeah. get it. But, you know, the again, we say this all the time, but the foundation of everything that turned into hard rock and, and metal, it all came from the blues, and we'll, we'll get into that with this. And, and uh, yeah, it is definitely, it laid the foundation for everything that kind of evolved and got heavier. Yeah, because my, my mom yeah. and my next-door neighbor are the ones who got me into a lot of stuff. Like, my next-door neighbor got me into the Pink Floyd and, and bands like that. My mom got me into Aerosmith, so that was, yeah. my, that was my influences. I didn't have a dad, so... I didn't have any friends growing up, so my friends weren't showing me music until I started working at In and Out, and then they started getting me into Metallica and and mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. So, mm. I basically influenced myself by what I heard on the radio or what I saw on MTV. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty common. I mean, that's that's the thing. We're all influenced by different things, whether it be friends. And for me, it was my parents because my parents had such a diverse. You know, my dad was more into old school soul and, and stacks and R&B and, and, and blues. And then my mom would listen to pretty much everything, you know, Beatles, The Stones, Neil Young, stuff like that. So there was a good mixture. And then eventually, once I got into school, I had that foundation. Then it kind of morphed into, uh, you know, the bluesy hard rock, like you said, Aerosmith and ACDC, and then got heavier, heavier. So. Yeah. Right on. And uh, Lee just grew, uh, was born with his taste. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. influenced it's... himself in the womb. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I had people who knew about good music, and that's why I ended up liking good music, like my brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. and, and then my friends, sometimes their parents and stuff listen to stuff, and so that's why I, I started listening to music when I was about one or two. And I was into the Beatles and the Stones and all of that stuff. And Hendrix and Ten Years After and all that. So I, um, I, when, when I turned on the TV and I saw the group Bread, I was like, yuck. And, <laughs> then, and then when I saw the Eagles, um, this was back in 1971, I was like, what, what's, what's the thing about them? You know, I, I I just walked away from the TV then. <laughs> you still say that about the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get you to do an Eagles podcast yet. <laughs> um, I, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I want you to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you had to choose between Eagles and Bon Jovi, what would you pick? Ah, uh, shit. The Eagles, of course. Ah, there you go. That's what you should do, Mark. Just give them a, uh, the, the death option. Yeah, I'll oh. get God, come on now. Hey, I'll don't, go, don't I'll say go, that shit. I'll go lead Des Desperado or New Jersey. <laughs> All right. Well, Desperado is a good album, so oh, wow. so I'm go. cool about yeah, yeah. that. You're uh, welcome, Mark. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just get him. I said, well, you could pick a, a fair, fair, bleh, whatever convention. I can't even sure. say their name. <laughs> I said, Careful. I'll pick something Let's I like. Let's not get me pissed off today, okay? <laughs> Let's not do that today. What is it? Point, right? <laughs> yeah, point convention. Yeah. I no. keep saying port. I always want to say port. That is right. <laughs> point or port? Port. Okay. Port. Port. Damn it. <laughs> Lee Gershman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When you go to the store, you buy a bottle of port wine, not a bottle of point wine. <laughs> Ow, <laughs> this bottle is poking me. That's because you got point wine. <laughs> 
Depends how much you drink. Then you, then it all changes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, oh, let's, boy. Let's get into this album. It's uh, What's the Word by uh, the Fabulous Thunderbirds. It was the second studio album by the Austin, Texas-based blues rock band, the Fabulous Thunderbirds, released in 1988. Like its predecessor, the album entirely, initially, I meant initially, sold poorly, but is now regarded as a successful white blues recording. The 2000 CD re reissue on Benchmark Records contains three bonus tracks, two of which were recorded live at Club Coda, Austin, Texas. So uh, that's the background on this album. And it gets four and a half stars on all music. Billboard didn't rate it, jerks. All right, <laughs> <laughs> let's get into this uh, album. So we got the first song, Running Shoes. What'd you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, so the, the album gets off to a running start, to, you know, pun totally intended. <laughs> uh, great jangly riff here. Very reminiscent to something that uh, Bo Diddley would play. And actually, that was the vibe that Jimmy Vaughn always wanted from his band. He wanted, like, Bo Diddley on acid. So Bo Diddley always kind of had a certain rhythmic tone to his guitar playing, like almost like a drummer playing a guitar. And then the main riff of Running Shoes basically is that. And then you have Kim Wilson, you know, playing his awesome blues harp. And, you know, different points in, in the song kind of add some flavor, breaks up the monotony of that intro riff. But again, this would totally fit a Bo Diddley song back in the 1950s. So the thing about this album, which is very interesting, is actually there's two drummers who play on this album on, on different tracks. So this one is actually uh, Mike Buck, and he has kind of a more in-the-pocket you know, feel. And you can tell the difference on each song, and I'll kind of point it out. So Frank Christina, on the other hand, is a bit more jazzy. He's a very you know frenetic kind of drummer, kind of like Bill Ward with his playing. And so I'll point that out. But it, it, this is a great way to start the album. And I like the, uh, yeah, you know, that, that comes from the Kim Wilson. It, it's really a, a catchy... Uh, opener what do you think about it lee well it's played really well and i like it except i think it's a little too repetitive i don't think it's best as an opening track and i would have liked to see some uh, variation somewhere in it but it's still a decent song well on wikipedia it says it's a traditional song by uh juke boy bonner Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it wasn't thirst. They didn't write this song, Lee. <laughs> that's yeah, why, that's why but they still, but they still did it. Yeah, okay. I like it. It's traditional blues with a great groove and rhythm. This is a great opening track. I really it dug it. And then um, we get to the next song, which is "You Ain't Nothing But Fine." What'd you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, so this one, another up-tempo. It's a kind of old-school rock and roll. Kind of has a Cajun feel, you know, sort of like New Orleans Zydeco. And part of that feel, I think, comes from the tone of Kim Wilson's harmonica playing. It almost sounds like uh, an accordion, like a heavy accordion. Uh, it's just really a fun, it's a quick song, gets people up and dancing in the clubs. Uh, it's not my favorite track, but, you know, look, it's, it's also less than two minutes, too. So it just kind of sort of complements the album, doesn't wear its welcome. And it's also where you kind of get more upbeat drumming. And so this one is actually the other drummer playing. This is Frank Christina. But he didn't get too crazy on one. But it, it's definitely, he's good at keeping up the pace of the song. So not bad. What do you think about it, Lee? This is a little bit like Cherry Pink and Apple Blossom White in the style. Sort of text mix. This mm -hmm. could have been a good album opener. It's pretty good. Explain what that reference means to you, because I don't know what that was. That's a song. Uh, it's a song by who? Oh, just look it up. <laughs> Perez Prado did it. I think Jerry and the Harmonic Cats did it. 
Just find it. All Cherry right. pink and apple blossom white. <laughs> most people know it. Well, I'm not most people. You know this. <laughs> so are most of our other listeners. 90% of the people out there are not like most people. Well, this, this is what I was thinking before we started this podcast, because I was trying to like get people into Big Head Todd on the Monsters on that For the Love of Music thing that Bob Reed and his uh, wife Megan do. And I was doing, I did a thing and nobody, I got two likes on six of the songs I did. And I'm going, you know what? Nobody really wants to open up and listen to things they haven't listened to. And the most likes I got was from probably their hit, Boom, Boom, Boom. Mm -hmm. which isn't which isn't their song (laughs) which isn't their song song. and it's like people with lee i've learned to open up to different genres and different uh different types of groups that i've never heard of and i wish people would do that in groups you know i put things up there to turn people on because i love sharing music and i know you do brian and i know you do lee it's like yeah and now I know I get disheartened. I know you get pissed off when people don't comment on your stuff. I kind of yeah. do too. As long as they like, I like likes. So if I get likes and when nobody likes something, I go, well, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, but you never yeah. know. Some people just they click on it and, and they may dig it. They just maybe not maybe not like it. So you put it out there. You know, you never know. Yeah, I'm trying to get people in the big head talking to monsters because I think they're a very underrated band that need to be heard. Sure. Uh, yeah, so I, I I was just I know how Lee feels because he gets kind of kind of mushy when people don't listen to his stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, with this I think it's some some boogie woogie. I mm-hmm. I just love the vocals. The blues harp is awesome, and it adds so much to the song. Great track. And then we get to the uh, next song, which uh, damn it, I didn't write who picked these songs. Did you pick this one, Brian? Low Down no. Woman? Okay, that's I true. love it, but I didn't pick it. Yeah. Okay, so Lee, you picked Low Down Woman. So here's Low Down yeah. Woman on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs>
she's a wine-headed woman Stay drunk all the time But I'm concerned that gal ain't worth a dime Yeah, she's a money-grabber woman When I'm broke, she treat me mean But when I get my paycheck She's the sweetest thing you ever seen Yeah, she's a low-down woman Stay low-down all the time Okay, that was uh, Low Down Woman. Why'd you pick that song, Lee? I like the song and the guitar tone a lot. And it's one of the better songs on the album. But it's hard for me to think of what to say about it other than it sounds like classic Thunderbirds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a... Oh, go ahead, Brian. Oh, sure. I mean, I got plenty to say about it. It's This is where you get that kind of dirty barroom, you know, blues that the band, like we said, it's fabulous as, you know, they, they're just great at. And what's interesting, and I always mention this on, on, you know, the radio show is, again, foundation of heavy rock and music and, and metal is the blues, not just musically, but lyrically. So a lot of these early blues songs that the, the were that inspired the Thunderbirds, you listen to the subjects that are near and dear to metalheads' hearts, women, booze, and the devil. And so it was all there. And so you look at Robert Johnson's songs that he wrote in the 30s, same thing. I mean, even Paul Stanley admitted he borrowed heavily for the lyrics from Love Gun from the blues song The Hunter, which Albert King did. You know, I got my love gun loaded and it's ready for you. That's all from The Hunter. And also on this track, brilliant harmonica playing. Kim Wilson, one of my favorite players of of all time. His tone is just amazing. And and the solo on Low Down Woman is just goosebump inducing. For me, a good blues harp solo is every bit as satisfying as a guitar solo for my ears. I think it's as good as, as it gets. And if you really like his tone, check out his influences like Little Walter, uh, George Harmonica Smith, Lazy Lester, James Cotton, all those bl- early blues guys, amazing. And, and, and then we'll talk about the guitar player, Jimmy Vaughn. He's not flashy guitar-wise on, on this song. But his, his straightforward playing really suits the song perfectly. He kind of keeps the rhythm going. And then Mike Buck is drumming on this one and kind of fits that in the pocket style. Yeah, really good pickly. Yeah, but that that's what I've been I have a problem with. In three songs, Jimmy Vaughn has not played a solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> different. We're getting there though, which is interesting. I know. But yeah, but it's like yeah. I'm, when I when I want to hear when I hear blues, I always think of the guitar. I don't. I think it's harmonica secondary, and it's all Kim Wilson so far. <laughs> yeah, and that's another reason I like this band is because exactly. So there are bands that are like you know you think Albert Collins and BB King and Buddy Guy, you know those 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 uh, uh, guitar bands. But then you had those other blues guys that were Sonny Boy Williamson and and Little Walter, and and that's where the Thunderbirds kind of have that nice mix. I think it's a nice blend because you will eventually get some Jimmy Vaughn. Yeah, I was just wondering because where he is because I love his guitar playing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I find that it's all the way throughout the song that the solo doesn't necessarily have to matter because all the way throughout it you get his guitar tone. So yeah. I think he's just the 
it's it's everything in the song. Maybe because listening to the blues players like Gary Moore and freaking uh, Jimmy Page and freaking mm-hmm. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jeff what, Beck. Albert Collins and stuff like yep. that, I'm used to hearing a lead prominent in a blues song, and this was like tripping me out. <laughs> yeah. And, and even in the 80s uh, Fabulous Thunderbirds, Jimmy went off. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what happened? <laughs> I thought there was going to be a lot of Jimmy on this album. But it, I, I, I like <laughs> this album. I have no problem with it. It's a really good album. I'm glad I heard it. It's like I, I put it in my collection on uh, Amazon Prime. So it's really cool. If you like this one, definitely check out the, the – I think Lee and I talked about this too the last episode um, – the first one, uh, Girls yeah. Go Wild. That one's terrific as yeah. well. Those, yeah. are, I think, they're two best. And the album after this was Butt Rockin'. How was that one? Butt Rockin', T-Bird Rhythm. Those are the Chrysalis albums. And then, and then they got more of the, uh, the mainstream stuff with Tough Enough. With CBS. There were CBS. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then we get to the um, – Let's see. Now we get to some Jimmy. It's uh, mm-hmm. called Extra Jimmy's. What would you think about this one, uh, Brian? Yeah, so Ask and You Shall Receive. So the, the last track was kind of the showcase for Kim Wilson. Now it's on to Jimmy Vaughn. He, he's, he gets an instrumental. He really gets a, displays guitar chops on this one. It's kind of like a jazzy bebop feel. And the great part of it, Jimmy's playing, is that he's very traditional with his style. He comes from those old school blues players where it's kind of all about space and feel, uh, meaning that he won't necessarily cram a bunch of notes to make his point. And for the most part, old school blues players really want to make certain notes count. It's kind of quality over quantity. So like your B.B. Kings, your Albert Collins, they were masters at that. And then this is a great song, too, because Frank Christina plays his jazzy drumming to the great bass work from Keith Ferguson, whose his bass is kind of high in the mix on this one. I think it sounds great. It's a really good song. Yeah, I, I remember B.B. King in the U2 movie where he said he doesn't read note, read music. He just right. goes by Phil. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that, that's what I uh, see with Jimmy here. Really cool, man. Uh, here with Jimmy. So what do you think about it, Lee? This would have been cool to hear on TV20 Dance Party. A great jam and one of the best songs on the album. So what was TV uh, Dance Party? TV Jam Dance Party, Lee? TV 20 Dance Party was a thing that was on on Channel 20 back around the mid-80s. It was on Saturday night and you found a whole bunch of slightly middle-aged men and women in their Hawaiian shirts, dancing to songs like Rockin' Robin and Eensy Teensy Little Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. And I used to watch it because I thought they were cool. And my mom would walk by and say, that's, they're kind of square, aren't they? <laughs> and, and, but, but you should have known that. Wait, this is in the Bay Area, right, Lee? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I told you, because I'm from the Bay Area, too. Yeah, the right on. One... Yeah, Mark should have known that. Well, I'm not yeah, from TV... the Bay Area. No, he's from Southern <laughs> But, but you probably had something like that. You probably had a channel where there was a guy saying, now we're going to do loop-de-loo, and then he just dances. <laughs> I have TV re- 20 was great. They had, they had all, remember, oh, they, yeah. they put all the dogs on there? Like, between, um, it was like, before the show started, I they think... had the picture of dogs. Yeah. That yeah. was yeah, man, right on. Yeah, yeah, well, that 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 I I I liked them and and I I thought the women looked good in their Hawaiian shirts and that's kind of why I like to watch it every week. Yeah, all those independent stations, Channel Twenty, Channel Thirty Six, Channel Forty Four. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely Channel Forty Four. I used to watch that way when I was a kid. Yeah, that was cable. my 
one of my favorites. Right on, man. Yep. Yeah. I used to watch Richard Blade down here doing a video ch on Channel Nine down here. He oh, there you go. Do things like that down. Here. You know who Richard Blade is? I've heard no. of him. Yeah. But oh. I should have known it. Damn it! That's a, my fault. He was a K Rock DJ down here, and um, oh, and uh, he 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 does like eighty shows. And That's him. He got me into Duran Duran. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He so was you've got your thing. Yeah, and that was before and I, I had have MTV. Known about I, it. I think it was Video One. I think it was called Video mm. One. And then at night, I oh, would have, yeah. on NBC, I would have Friday Night Videos. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, Friday right Night on, Videos man. is really cool. Did you ever watch that, uh, Brian? I did, yeah. I do remember that, too. Remember it had that one guy in there from, um, what's that guy's name? He was in the movie The Burbs. He was Tom Hanks' best friend. He used to host some. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, he he was the funny guy. Rick Dukerman. Rick Dukerman. Yes. He was yes. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, man. So let's get back on track. So now we get to extra Jimmy's. This is what I think about it. Now here's Jimmy. Love the riff to begin. This is a killer blues and bass drums instrumental. Now now it's. It's named after Jimmy because it is Jimmy, man. It's fucking rules. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's a great play on words because Jimmy also means like a condom. So you can be uh, <laughs> extra condom too. So Jimmy. Yeah, it was written by Jimmy Vaughn and Keith Ferguson. Yep, the bass player. So let's get to the next one, which is uh, Sugar Coated Love, which you picked, Lee. So yeah. here's Sugar Coated Love on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs> You ought to see my baby You know that girl is so fine She let me in the morning every night And she's always on my mind She got sugar coat of love Yeah, sugar coat of love She's a real good baby I don't mean baby She's mine I don't Goodness knows she got a shovel coat of love. Yeah, shovel coat of love. She's a real old baby, I don't mean baby, she's mine. Hot and that shell go to love. 
That was Sugar Coated Love on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Why'd you pick that track, Lee? One of the best songs on the album. It has a great gritty 60s style blues rock vibe. I could imagine hearing this as a little kid. What'd you think about it, uh, Brian? That's interesting. So I, I like the song too. I think it's almost kind of like the brother song to Run and Choose. So I, 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 that's interesting to me that Lee really likes this one and, and uh, he likes uh, Run and Choose, but not as much. So that, that, yeah, for me, it's kind of a similar guitar riff. Uh, the added percussion with kind of the hand claps uh, kind of add a bit more flavor to Sugar Coat of Love, which is cool. It's really just a strong blues boogie song that fits really well in the album. Uh, another great harp solo from Kim Wilson, which for me is always a good thing. And his vocals are a bit echoey. It's kind of like, uh, dare I say, like what Scott Weiland kind of used to do on some of the later uh, Stone Temple Pilots uh, songs, at least the vocal effect. Uh, and again, this one also sounds Bo Diddley inspired. And, and Mike Buck does the drumming on this one because it's pretty straightforward in the pocket. Yeah, this is a really cool, cool guitar, vocals, hand claps. I think... That I couldn't hear the drums over the hand claps until the hand claps stopped. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like right. they were it's interesting. I think they should have put the drums a little higher in the mix with the hand claps so you could hear both. Um, I think they brought the drum. Like I said, I think they brought the drums. This a kick ass even more. It's a toe tapper, like Lee would say, and yeah, a lot of harmonica on this song, and it's really good. I just want some more Jimmy too. I want him to trade off. <laughs> it remind yeah. it kind of reminds me of Saint Anger, but this is way better. <laughs> Metallica, Saint Anger, you know. Yeah. There's no guitar solos, but there's guitar solos on here. So this album, I love this album so far. It's really cool. I'm just not used to a blues album with not much guitar in it. It's just sure. rhythm. So, yeah. Well, it, it kind of goes back to the early blues because early, like your Muddy Waters, your like they didn't have before they started to get like electric and everything. They didn't have a lot of solos then too. So I think it's a really it's a throwback to that early era which Jimmy Vaughn loved. So yeah, for me it's it wasn't a big deal because I was used to it, but I could totally see why it'd be kind of jarring uh, for someone that that's not used to it. Yeah, I need to get that Muddy Waters box that I've been wanting to get that for years. Too. Oh yeah, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Little Walter, all those old classic guys. Those are must haves. Yeah, I came in with the electric blues age, so it's like weird. <laughs> just I love um, Huey Lewis when he does harmonica, but he also oh has, yeah, he also has uh, Chris Hayes play a solo. Not Chris Hayes. What's that guy's name? Damn it, I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> the kid. They call him the kid in Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, is it Johnny Cola? Yeah, no, you know it is Chris Hayes, isn't it? Johnny Cola is the saxophone player. Mm. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's Chris Hayes. I'm right. So, of course, Huey uh, Lewis was the harp player in Thin Lizzy. Yeah. yeah. I learned that on the podcast. I was like, damn, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's on Live and Dangerous. Oh, shit. I, I have that album, too. I haven't heard it much. I've been listening to a lot of Thin Lizzy. I've been listening yeah. to the Black Rose and really good album. And yeah, Live, like, and, Dan- Live and Dangerous is amazing. I need to listen to that more because uh, Dr. Fuck has been raving about that for a long-ass time. Oh, yeah. And then we get to the, um, the next song, Last Call for Alcohol. What do you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, get another instrumental, uh, very kind of traditional jazzy blues. Uh, kind of in the vein that something, uh, like I was mentioning, Little Walter, hey, he would have played back in the 50s, which he was a huge influence on Kim Wilson's playing and his style. It's interesting, the tone of the, the, the harmonica on this track is a bit more melancholy. The, the backbeat isn't traditional, but it's kind of jazzy. And this, I think, why is uh, Frank Christine is playing drums on this track. Uh, it's a nice middle of, the, uh, middle of the album type of track that kind of keeps the flow going. Did they ever get like a, a drummer that 
just played with them all the time? Or Yeah, after this album, uh, Frank Christina uh, became the main drummer. So the jazzier type of drummer became the main guy. Okay, I just wanted to find out about that. So mm-hmm. It's good to have like one drummer. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I don't know. Maybe they probably recorded at different times. Um, and what's interesting, it's almost like they trade off tracks. It's like one of the other. I don't know if they sequenced it that like, like that on purpose, but it's interesting. Maybe they were auditioning. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so what did you think about this song, Lee? Oh, well, this is like the song Night Train. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the Ventures could have done a good version of this. It's one of the best songs on the album. I like the cool groove to it. I think the drums kick ass. I still think they need to be a little bit higher in the mix. And Jimmy is playing. I love it. Uh, cool blues lead. And uh, Kim Wilson is showing off on this album on his uh, harmonica, blues harp. It's really cool. I, I really dig his blues harp. I just want a little bit more mixture. But this is a great song, though. I loved it. And then we get to the uh, next song, which is Jumping Bat. No, The Crawl. The Crawl, yeah. So what did you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, this one's a total, like, uh, well, it's a brand new dance called The Crawl. So it's like a total 1950s, kind of like a sock hop. And, and for those that aren't over 80 years old, that means dance. So it's kind of a, a style, you know, that's a style well, sort of song. watch movies. And, you know, oh, that's true. You watch Back to the Future, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it, it's a great upbeat song, very old school rock and roll, kind of reminiscent to uh, Shake Your Tail Feather from Ray Charles and the Blues Brothers. Uh, plus, you kind of get that call and response, which would work great at a, at a concert or a, or a dance, you know, uh, crawl, you know, that, that's great. And then a great guitar solo from Jimmy Vaughn on this one. So uh, Mark gets that. And it's a fun song. What do you think about it, uh, Lee? This is hot. I could imagine it done by a cartoon group in a cartoon show or something. The Archies? <laughs> or, or something like that. It has an old-timey rock blues um, thing about it that I really dig a lot. Yeah, like uh, Brian said, I, I think it's cool 50 style here. Love Kim's vocals and a lead, like you said. I said, fuck yeah, that's what I've been waiting for more of Jimmy's playing. Love it. It's a great song, man. I, I was digging this song. I played it twice, I think. <laughs> cool. And then we get to the next one, which you picked, Brian, Jumping Bad. So here's Jumping Bad on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
That was Jumping Bad. Why'd you pick that track, Brian? Yeah, this is my second favorite song on the album, and it, it's another instrumental. There's a lot of instrumentals on this. This is a barn burner. So, like, in the early days, they would open up their sets with this song just to kind of get the crowd going. Totally, it's a showcase for Kim Wilson's amazing heart plan. Drumming's also awesome on this from Frank Christina. He, he has, like, those, uh, you know, the sort of fills that, that work really well for this song. But, man, Kim Wilson just owns this song. Great, great blues harp soul. It does as much for me as a guitar solo and this kind of proves it and influence wise definitely little walter uh, and the songs that he did called off the wall and juke uh and this is also very much like uh james cotton and his song midnight creeper so check out those songs uh and, and if you like that you'll hear it all over uh, jumping bad so what do you think about it lee this is kind of like the seagull schwall band oh yeah nightclub dance song it's spicy and i dig it well, I don't know who the Schweigel Swan, uh, Swan Band is. Can you tell me who that is, Lee? Brian, uh, Brian did. I have, yeah, I've heard of them. They, 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 they do some hot stuff that sounds like this. I'll give you a link. They're from, I think, originally Chicago or something. And right. um, one of one of the guys, Corky Siegel, he did a song and he would sing it like. I am your getaway man. Dun, 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 dun. Catch me if you can. And that made me get into my style like, oh, you better talk to me. I don't want to feel like I'm weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. So yeah. so they, 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 they were a group that I liked. I'll um, has, have us do a review of their album one time. So another then that great, way you'll know. Another great band from like the 60s, uh, if you're into kind of the, the evolution of the more modern, the Paul Butterfield Blues Band, their debut. Oh, yeah. Am amazing. Absolutely I've amazing. I've heard of them. I haven't listened to them. Yeah. So, the, yeah. That one and East West are terrific. Hey, oh, yeah. You know, Lee, uh, when we do blues albums, Brian is our man, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I'm also um that too. You're also, Mark, really cool when it comes to blues from people who didn't start it but are like second generation. <laughs> yeah. So you're good at that. We <laughs> Or third generation. Or fourth. Yeah. yeah. Or fourth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You don't know what real cheese is, but you sure know what Velveeta tastes like. Yum, yum. <laughs> oh, God. I only like Velveeta if I mix it with cheddar with nachos. <laughs> That's about oh, okay. Velveeta's trash cheese <laughs> to me. <laughs> I like, know, I know. I'm. I'm no, I'd I'm rather have steak than Velveeta. Being fun. Yeah, <laughs> oh, there you go. I hear you. All right, I I think Kim does some kick-ass blues harp on this track. Freaking killer song. I like it a lot. And then it did need a guitar on this one. Really good. No, no, I enjoyed this one a lot. And then we get to the next one, "Learn to Treat Me Right," which you picked, Brian. So your songs are right in a row. So yep. here's Learn to Treat Me Right on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
That was Learn to Treat Me Right. Why'd you pick that one, Brian? Well, this is my favorite song on the album and uh, just a, a great traditional up-tempo uh, you know, boogie blues song that I just adore. And again, amazing harmonica tone. The vocals ju just work really well with this type of song. Great frenetic drumming, blistering harp solos. And Jimmy and Keith kind of keep the backbeat just so tight so that Kim can just, you know, uh, do his harp solos all over. And this is why I love the blues. It's got such a killer groove. You, again, you can see how the blues evolved into rock and roll, later hard rock and metal. I mean, really, if you listen to this track, and instead of, like, the harp solos, you had, like, Eddie Van Halen playing guitar solos while David Roth kind of did his, his thing with the scat vocals and Alex and Mike's backbeat, you basically have a totally a hard rock song. And then listen to the Full Bug or Ice Cream Man. That, that's how it evolves. It's, it's really the foundation from the blues. And I, I love this song. Or freaking Stay Frosty. <laughs> or stay Frosty, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, what did you think about it, Lee? This is one of the best songs on the album. It sounds like old Rolling Stones. It's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, this song was this song rules. I liked it. He said he, he did a lot of like different harmonica solos in this album. I was thinking, man, if Jimmy could play a solo there, and then Kim could go there, and then Kim could, it could have made it a little bit longer, and just both of them like you could have Kim play the harmonica solo, and then Jimmy plays off of that. I thought that would have been cool. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up. So part of that, I, they do live. I mean, you can definitely check out uh, YouTube um, videos of, from the early days. They have they have uh, full concerts, and I, I think this is more like because it's a it's an album. They're probably going for like those traditional two and a half minute, three minute songs. Whereas live, they kind of stretch out a little bit. Yeah, usually blues bands will stretch out. What like. <laughs> Freaking way, you got a 30-minute version of Dazed and Confused. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you started getting the jam bands. Of course, like the Allman Brothers are probably the biggest, you know, uh, yeah, obvious are, influence. Those are the jam bands I like. I don't like the Great sure. Dead. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the Almonds. I love the Almonds too. We haven't done an Allman Brothers album, uh, Lee. Um, we could do the Grateful Dead live album with a 25-minute um, <laughs> version of Dark Star. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I really like this song. It was really cool. I was just thinking, man, in my head, I could hear a solo here. I could hear Kim go here and get it, probably live. They do that. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to the next song is uh, I'm a damn good man. If you give me a chance, what'd you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, this one's an interesting one. It's kind of like jazzy blues. Uh, but it's got a lot of funky soul to it. I can totally see James Brown doing a song like this. You know, the drumming, the guitar is very reminiscent to early James Brown. And this is a very good song. Kind of gets buried a little bit in the album, but it's a terrific track. And Jimmy kind of gets to show off his guitar chops on this one. He, he makes every note count. It's a great track. And and also the bass work from Keith Ferguson's terrific. And, and you get the jazzy drumming from Frank Christina. Hit me! Yeah, the bass on this album is really freaking great. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. I love it. And then what do you think about it, Lee? Great song. Great drumming and guitar work and everything. This is like an old blues session. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. some nice guitar work on this album. And, and I love the beat and the rhythm. Jimmy is rocking this one out. Freaking great track. And then uh, then we get to uh, track 11, which is Dirty Work. What do you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, this is another traditional kind of low-down, gritty blues song, very much like Buddy Guy, like what he would do. Uh, Jimmy's tone is a bit more echoey, uh, which sounds great, and it's different. Uh, and theme-wise, a woman did Kim wrong, and if you listen to enough uh, blues music, that, that, uh, that's a common theme. And this is another good deep cut 
worked really well with the flow of the album and uh, great guitar work from from Jimmy, especially on the solo. So Mark gets, gets that. It's very Buddy Guy-esque. So always check out Buddy Guy. He's, he's terrific. And since it's kind of more of a laid-back pocket number, it's Mike Buck doing the drumming. Mike Buck, cool. What did you think about it, uh, Lee? I could imagine the animals could have done a great version of this. Ah, good call. Yeah, the song and the tone are awesome. Yeah, this is some, like uh, Brian said, some dirty blues here and guitar love the jimmy solo fucking killer i love this song ricky one of my i think this is one of my favorites because jimmy just really rocks it i love this album man it's great i think i'm gonna try to find it on vinyl i probably can't because it's probably like 200 bucks because <laughs> all this old stuff is like very rare unless you go on discogs and sometimes they don't they send you a broken record like yeah, a, I mean, I, I originally my dad had all these on cassette, and then eventually uh, they re, they reissued them on CD. So I haven't seen them on vinyl at all. If you can find it, definitely pick it up. But yeah, uh, yeah, I would, as Lee and I say, get this one and the first one. I think you'll 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 really dig it. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, we get to the last track on the album. That's en enough of that stuff. What do you think about this one, Brian? This is a great way to end the album. Pretty much. I mean, there is another track after this. Uh, that was on some later releases, but we'll, we'll get into that. This is uh, just a great old barroom boogie, kind of reminiscent to Learn to Treat Me Right. And again, I don't think Kim Wilson gets enough credit for his vocal style because it really works well for this band. You know, he's not a power singer like B.B. King or Bobby Blue Bland, but you also have to consider he's also playing the harp in addition to having to sing. So he's definitely got a set of lungs and he's got great breath control. So uh, this song would fit right in a small blues club. You know, you just show up, you know, some Friday night and it, it's really good stuff. What'd you think about it, Lee? This is also great. It reminds me of Low Down Woman. Yeah. The middle part cooks really great. All right, so what was the last track, Brian? So on some of the albums, it's uh, Los Fabulosos Thunderbirds. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that. In fact, I thought it's weird because the, 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 that last song, that's enough of that stuff, didn't seem like it was the last song. And I thought, what, what happened? Yeah, I yeah. have it written down. I did do it, but on uh, Wikipedia, it doesn't show you the 13th song, but I did a review of it, so. Yeah. yeah. So some, some, like, I remember my cassette, or my dad's cassette, had it, and then I guess some litter reissues removed it. It's a novelty track, and I can see why it was kind of pulled from litter reissues, but it basically sounds like a, you know, like a promotion of, like, a Spanish-speaking radio station. It sounds completely different than anything on the album. Uh, it's, it's super short, but it doesn't take anything away. It's just kind of weird and fun. But I, yeah, I like it a lot. I think yeah. it's 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 hip, yeah, and 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 fun, and 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 a good way to finish an album in a non-normal way. Exactly. Yeah, it, I I said this is weird ending, but for <coughs> spoken Spanish with blues. <laughs> That's freaking cool. Yeah, it's he's like, got the fabulous thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Saturday, Saturday. <laughs> so, yeah, it's fun. I, I like it. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. So that was our review of da, 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 What's the Word by the Fabulous Thunderbirds from 1980. Uh, you guys should check this out because uh, Brian got me into this album, and now I want to go check out more Fabulous Thunderbirds besides the ones I already knew, Tough Enough and uh, the other one. Um, so, Brian, uh, tell us what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your uh, promotion. 
Ah, okay. So yes, I uh, of course have a, a podcast, except it's a movie podcast. It's called Damn Good Movie Memories, and uh, yeah, so we do we just do different uh, movies uh, every week. It's all random. It's all from my DVD collection. So I have at least forty years worth of movies if I do it once a week. So check it out. We have a good time. And then I also have a radio show. So uh, every Wednesday night at eleven p.m. Eastern time. You can hear uh, me basically playing Travis Thunderbirds and, and other blues guys. And then also the, the hard rock bands that, that were influenced by the blues, your Aerosmiths, your uh, ACDC, Zeppelin, Deep Purple, you know, all those bands, UFO, like I'll play those no matter what. And then if you're in the chat room, like Mark shows up and, and Samuel Wetz, we, they, they have tremendous recommendations. And uh, if I've got it on my hard drive, I'll play it. So it's a lot of fun. So check out thatmetalstation.com. Yeah, I was trying to get Lee in there this week, but he has a hard time on his phone. Oh, no worries. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, 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 we should dig the. I think you dig it. Use your laptop, Lee. It plays um, perfectly on it, a laptop. Yeah, I um, it's not working right now. Oh, that sucks. So you can always down download the TuneIn app if you wanted to as well. You oh, don't okay. To, yeah, you don't have to be in the chat room. Like yeah, my can, parents listen every week, and and they do it that way. Yeah, you could go on oh, the TuneIn app right. and then go to the thatmetalstation.com uh, dot com and go to yeah. the chat room and listen to the TuneIn app at the same time as chatting. Mm, all right that's what i used to do with uh bushy <laughs> yeah exactly now i just go on the computer if i'm home like i do with a lot of your mind. buddies on that station you got bushy you know uh you know ralph Vieira's on it so it's, it's it's a fun station metal mike yeah ralph yeah. Vieira, man he's been he's been out sick the last few weeks man yeah prayers to him and uh good vibes or whatever you guys do uh sure. he's a great guy man Okay, yeah. let's get into our tracks of the week. Lee, you picked Magic Sam, All of Your Love. That was a really cool track. I listened to it today. Love uh, Magic Sam. I never yeah. heard of this. I, I like Lee and I like you, Brian. You guys give me shit I never heard. So <laughs> yeah. I, I always I'm like going to have to give you an email with all 40 of the song and group references that I mentioned today. Oh. Yeah. That well, you don't definitely know. check out Sam's Boogie. Like that's on YouTube, and uh, it's so it's so killer. He's so, he got such a good tone, and and on that track, he's he's playing someone else's guitar, and he's playing it like it's you know like it's his. So, Magic uh, Sam, yeah. he died way too young, way too young. And then uh, Brian, you gave me Alec Albert Collins, Too Tired. That was really cool. Oh yeah, if you check out Ice Pickin', uh, all of his alligator record stuff is great, but Ice Pickin' is um, you know his, his first with with them from 1978. A lot of people discover him. I did too from Adventures in Babysitting. You know, he's the guy in the blues bar that they show up in when they're running oh. away from the. Oh yeah, the... that's him. So you know, ain't nobody leave this place without singing the blues. That's Albert Collins. So oh, nice. Total tone. He's awesome. He's the master of the Telecaster. I love Albert Collins. Yeah, man. So. Uh... I just hope when I buy these records that it at least goes to the family or the person. <laughs> that some well, he, he died a long time ago, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. I would think I would think so. I mean, the Alligator Records is a great like independent blues um, uh, uh, company that they've been around since the early '70s, and and uh, yeah, they definitely have ice picking on vinyl. I think you'd dig it. I know Muddy Waters, so he died broke, didn't he? No, I think he had a resurgence because of Johnny Winter uh, in the '70s. He kind of came back, but yeah, some of the guys they got screwed over. I mean, like Willie Dixon, like he, you know, all those Zeppelin songs. It, it took him suing them to get credit, but you know, "Whole Lot of Love" was was a song called "You Need Love" that Muddy Waters did. So I mean, go listen to "You Need Love." It sounds exactly like what was Zeppelin did. You know, I love Zeppelin, but look, it, it all came from the blues guys. Yeah, the blues always took from other blues artists anyway, so it was kind of a tradition. Well, some it? of it, 
Yeah, I mean, it really started way, way back when, like kind of the old traditional songs, you know, uh, you know, those hymns and things like that. But it evolved. Um, but yeah, and that's uh, but the the rock guys is were really, um, you know, the guys in the '60s, you know, your Art Birds, your Art Clapton's, you know, your, your guys like that. They're really uh, the Stones. They they allowed these guys who kind of been toiling away to go tour in Europe because everyone was discovering them then, and then the people here just didn't appreciate them because they weren't on radio. It's like this. This yeah. country doesn't appreciate anything until it goes to Europe for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> like, oh, Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix. Yeah. yeah. He's big exactly. in Europe, not big here for a while until freaking Eric Clapton loved him. What it? There's a story about Eric Clapton. He made him a, made him a left-handed guitar, and then he was going to give it to him, and then, but he passed away. He was like all yeah. sad about that. Um, and then That's the thing, uh, Hendrix used to play with like Little Richard. He used to play with a lot of those blues guys too. So. Yeah. And then freaking they tagged a statue in Seattle. Jerks. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then uh and I get into uh a newer blues band from Colorado called Big Head Todd and the Monsters. And I end it with bit bittersweet, but we actually end it with Lee's song of the week, Coffee Groove, which is a cool instrumental Lee. Oh, cool, right on. Nice. I was drink I forgot to send it to you, Brian. Sorry about that. That's okay. I'll I'll hear it on the show. Yeah, it's really cool. So, uh, Brian, thank you for coming on again, man. We really appreciate your knowledge. Oh, anytime. I, I have a blast with you guys, and I, yeah, I always appreciate... Fun. Oh, thanks, Lee. And I really appreciate that you guys uh, are open to, to new music or different types of music and music that uh, maybe not in your wheelhouse, and I think that's what's really fun about the Freeform Rock Podcast. Yeah, we do anything except country. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's country only rock, because I'm pushed into it. <laughs> You're not pushed into it. You're a happy... Uh, you're happy, Lee. Oh, you get to pick albums that nobody happy, pick. happy, happy. You go on other people's podcasts; they pick freaking albums you don't even want to talk about. <laughs> and I let you pick. Yeah. You pick an album every other week that's yours, and I tell you to pick what you want. You keep asking me, "Hey, what do, what do you think about this?" I said, "Lee, pick what you want. I don't care." You know. Sometimes I like a little interaction. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. Just a little love. Well, yeah. all right, here's our tracks of the week. Magic Sam, All Your Love, Albert Collins, Too Tired, and uh, Big Head Todd and the Monsters, Bitter, Bittersweet. And until next week, Lee, say goodbye. Goodbye. Later, Brian. Later, man.
to wait I had a chill this morning Too tired to shake I got a good poker hand Too tired to win I can hear my baby knocking Too tired to let her in I'm tired Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm tired Too tired Too tired for anything
You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.